it's time for one of my favorite segments. What's that, Jess? History Tots! Woo! Yes. Love it! So, History Tots is the segment where I find something cool and usually obscure from history, or as in our last History Tots, Smell finds something cool and very mm-hmm. obscure from history, mm-hmm. and we talk about it. Yes, excellent. So, today, Sounds good. I would like to talk about Louise Dupin. Ooh. Badass. Badass. So, Louise Dupin is somebody that I had never, ever heard of before in my life until uh, my recent trip to France. Mm. And when we were in France, we visited the Chateau of Chalonceau on the River Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cher. It is a beautiful, beautiful chateau in Mm -hmm. the Loire Valley, which is uh, kind of like a belt through the middle of France that is full of fairy tale forests and beautiful French chateaus. Fancy pants. It's French for fancy fancy pants. pants. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chalonceau is a particularly beautiful little chateau mm-hmm. that is actually built over the river mm-hmm. so like some of it is literally on top of the river which is quite cool mm. uh has the most amazing gardens and Chenonso is has a particularly interesting history because it has been owned by a large number of very powerful and badass women mm. over its lifetime so cool. it's sometimes known as the chateau of the five Five queens or five ladies or something along those lines. Right. De Saint Madame. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there have been five particularly notable, powerful women that living have, here. That have lived in it and owned it. Yep. So today I would like to talk about the third of these powerful women, Louise Dupin. Louise Dupin was born in 1706. She was the daughter of Samuel Bernard, a banker, and Marie Dancourt, who was the wife of an aristocrat. Now, you may think that this is not a very auspicious beginning for a person being... Um, illegitimate! Illegitimate, um, born of uh, an extramarital affair. But it's France, I guess, and I'm not really sure what was happening in the relationship between uh, Marie and her husband, Jean-Louise Guillaume and Samuel Bernard, but apparently Jean-Louise was totally cool with the whole thing. It's a bit more free and easy over there. A little yeah. bit more free and easy. and uh, yeah. 18th century France? Yeah, I guess. Or, <laughs> or maybe just in this particular family. Anyway. Worked, so it worked out for Louise. It anyway. worked out very nicely for Louise. Um, she was baptised as Jean-Louise's daughter, um, as were a number of other of Samuel and Marie's children. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, Jean-Louise, stand-up guy in some way, obviously. And she had the kind of childhood that is more generally associated with the present day than with early 18th century, sorry. Mm. So she, in her childhood, her parents loved her and her siblings very dearly. They were a very close family. Mm. They were all very well educated and education was highly valued for all the children of the family, regardless of gender. fantastic. Which is pretty cool. So she had an amazing upbringing. Like, everything that you would want a kid to have. Loving family, every creature comfort, amazing education, Mm -hmm. experienced equality in the home. Yep. She grew up and married a banker, and he became very successful, particularly with the assistance of Louise's father, Mm. baptised father, and um, over time they acquired the Chateau of Chenonceau, which is uh, among quite a number of other properties. Uh, Louise being... A very intelligent and, by all accounts, very, very charming woman 
developed a salon, which mm. um, in society at the time was a place where people would go and uh, swap ideas. They were it was a place for intellectual conversation. Basically. Yeah. So so a salon is um, if I can just interject. So yes, it's Please. the it's the gathering of people under under the roof of an inspiring host. So yes, it was like a party to refine your tastes, increase knowledge. Yeah, you know, discuss intellectual things, as you said, um, and it's an—it's it- actually an Italian invention of the 16th century. There we go. But um, it really flourished in France in the 17th and 18th centuries. So this is sort of the time that we're talking about. I love that Mel's yeah. got more notes than I did for this. Well done, <laughs> Mel. <laughs> okay. Um, so Louise became an owner of a very powerful and influential salon where. It was very popular because it was outside of Paris. So it was a little bit away mm. from all of the, the kind of nuttiness of the French court. Yes. Which was quite nutty. And yes. um, <laughs> that's a story for another time. And um, and anyway, so she had this salon at Chalonceau where she would um, supervise conversations among the Salonista. intellectual elite. Salonista. Salonista. During this time, she met the well-known philosopher Jean-Jacques Rousseau. And although their relationship got off to a bit of a rocky start because he promptly fell in love with her and she didn't reciprocate and then he was pissy about being in the friend zone. Mm. I would just like to say here in Chocolate Jam that we do not advocate for the friend zone. It's a bullshit concept and men who think that they're in it should get their shit together. So anyway, Jean-Jacques Rousseau was being a little piss baby about being in the friend zone. Mm. But eventually he came around and he became Louise's secretary. In his time as Louise's secretary, he helped her to write, and I don't know whether he helped her to write or he just facilitated the writing, and because he's the famous philosopher and she's not, he's gotten mother credit for it. Well, yeah, so she became a bit of a footnote in that regard, and she actually helped him become an influential yes, figure in did. Paris. But during her time working mm. with Jacques, uh, Louise wrote, I guess, a book, um, mm. you know, wrote a, a manifesto called yeah. On the Equality of Men and Women. Mm. On the Equality of Men and Women is one of the first modern feminist texts. Which is fascinating because I'd never fucking heard of it before this. And mm. I, you know, feel a little bit of a feminist, Mel. Just a little bit. A little bit. I do go out of my way to learn these things. So the fact that I only learned this because it happened to be at a chateau that was visiting, I was kind of like, why does nobody know about this? I must share this story. Anyway. Was this work ever published? The work was not published, yeah, and most of it has been lost. Yeah, yeah. so she draft yeah, because she drafted it, and it's about and that's how we've lost yeah, it. Yeah, so I thought it was called Ouvrage sur les Films, so a history of women, the history of women, or is it the history of of the equality of men and women? Okay, I have on the equality of men and women. Okay, but given that it was never published, <laughs> well, then that's, that begs the question: <laughs> something to do with equality, something about women. Yeah. So, but yes. Uh, Remarkable for its time. So we're remembering that mm. um, Louise was born in 1706. So we're talking very much at this stage about the mid-18th century. Mm. It advocated for equal access to education and also equal access for the right to work for women. Mm. Which for its time is super revolutionary because we weren't advocating for the right for women to work on a large scale until the 1970s. Yeah, or at least until post-World War Two. So this is, like, so far ahead of its time. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I would really like to have read some of it uh, yeah. in preparation for this, but I could not find it. Well, it's uh, well. That's, this is the issue. This yeah, is the issue with it being unpublished so, and sort of scattered and parts of it lost. So apparently, I mean, it sounds really fantastic because 
you know, it talks a lot about the history of women's social, economic, political status. It was investigating laws and customs mm-hmm. that subjugated women. And I think this, which is then leading to the sort of the manifesto about yep. equality of men and Absolutely. women. Um, um, it it's yeah. spoke about things that we are talking about today, yeah. like medical access, for example, mm. the, the difference between male access and female access to medical treatment, uh, treatment which is so... I mean, yesterday I was watching a video about the way black women die in childbirth yeah. at, like, in America, 243 times the rate of white women, Oof. which is insane. Um, and, and, you know, there was an article about, you know, how a woman who had an... It was very torsion. torsion. Yeah. Um, And the doctors just assumed that it was a kidney stone and she could have died. And, Mm. like, even if she hadn't, she was in excruciating... I've had an ovarian cyst, right? Which is, like... And it is excruciating. Yeah. Like, I can't conceive of how excruciating an ovarian torsion would be. And she had to... She had to put up with this for 10 hours. So women's access to equal healthcare and being taken seriously by doctors is something that we're talking about now. And it's not something that we were talking about five or ten years ago. It's certainly no. not something I was talking about when I was younger. And the fact that Louise Dupin was talking about this in the 1700s yeah. makes her like a super badass. Yeah. Pretty Amazing. Awesome. Pretty yes, awesome. queen. Yes. 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 And... <laughs> Marie, that date of birth, right? So, so 1706 to 1799. So that yes. means that she lived to be like 93. She did live to be 93. Which, in the 17th century, I mean, I feel like that's a feat in and of itself. Well, not only in the 17th century, but she's an aristocrat in the 17th mm. century. And the other really big thing that happened in the 17th century in France was the French <laughs> yes. Revolution. So not a good time yes. to be an aristocrat. But this is one of the reasons why Louise is such a badass. Yeah. Because during the revolution, when uh, other aristocrats around the Loire Valley, which is just chock full of chateaus, um, <laughs> we're having, you know, we're being beheaded and having their chateaus burned to the ground. Louise went to the, the revolutionaries, look, my chateau is in a really strategically important spot. You know, the chateau is actually built across the river. Mm. If you use the chateau as a stronghold, it will really improve your activities in this area. Wow. And smart woman. Instead of destroying the chateau and murdering her, they did that. And yeah. that is one of the many reasons why she lived to be ninety three. Yes. So basically she got them on the side. Yes, absolutely. So she saved Chenonceau from the fate suffered by many of the yeah. chateau in the Loire Valley and she saved herself. Yeah. And her household mm-hmm. as I understand. Family, so yeah. yep. So Louise de Palm, badass. Yep. Certified badass. Certified badass. Louise Dupin, you are chocolate jam approved. History tarts approved. <laughs> We're all about you. Absolutely, we good are. Good on you. I love a good historical feminist badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is just, there's nothing better. Really? Yeah. Women kicking butt throughout history. Awesome stuff. Fantastic. Well, this has been a very mini, mini-sode. <laughs> but I hope you've all learned something cool. Yes. And I hope you now all go away and Google Louise Dupin and learn all of the little mm-hmm. details. Top tip, don't read the Wikipedia article because it is so dense um, mm. that it actually is more confusing than it is illuminating. But there's a couple of <laughs> other pretty cool articles out there. And yeah. if you kind of put them together, you can piece together some really interesting stuff about her life. Yeah. Um, I'd also recommend dropping into the website for Chateau de Chenonceau. Apart from anything else, it's just a really beautiful castle. And mm. um, also known for its amazing floristry, but that's a story for another time. Badass feminists and uh, pretty castles. 
Dig it. Love it. Yes. Yes. <laughs>